In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast designed to proclaim and ponder upon the Sunday Mass readings. And this Sunday is the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Also, September 5th is the feast day of Mother Teresa, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. And so I have a book behind me, Come Be My Light, about the life of Mother Teresa, and particularly a lot of of her letters and a lot of her correspondence throughout her life. But there's a very interesting quote at the very beginning of this book I wanted to open the program with. And I think it really reflects upon the readings that we're going to hear and this message that we hear from the Lord. Mother Teresa wrote, if I ever become a saint, I will surely be one of darkness. I will continually be absent from heaven to light the light of those in darkness on earth. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, she will be lighting the light of those in darkness on earth. That certainly makes me think of St. Therese of Lisieux and her message that she wanted to spend her heaven doing good things on earth to bring about people's awareness of Jesus, about his message of hope and light and truth. And isn't that the case for Mother Teresa, who found those who were in the darkest places, the most abandoned, the most alone, the most afflicted, and she brought those individuals to light, that they could see the face of God in the work of Mother Teresa and her sisters. And so Mother Teresa, Saint Mother Teresa, pray for us. Well, let's begin with the readings today. We have beautiful readings from the book of Isaiah. Also, we will continue to hear from the letter of St. James. And then, of course, we're into the gospel of Mark. And Mark has probably the most healing accounts of all of the gospels. And so there's something really special about what we can hear in the healing ministry of Jesus through the gospel of St. Mark. So we'll begin with the first reading, a reading from the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, say to those whose hearts are frightened, be strong, fear not. Here is your God. He comes with vindication, with divine recompense. He comes to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, the ears of the deaf be cleared. Then will the the lame Leap like a stag, then the tongue of the mute will sing. Streams will burst forth in the desert and rivers in the steppe. The burning sands will become pools and the thirsty ground springs of water. The word of the Lord. 
The responsorial psalm, Psalm 146, praise the Lord, my soul. The God of Jacob keeps faith forever, secures justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets captives free. Praise the Lord, my soul. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the just. The Lord protects strangers. Praise the Lord, my soul. The fatherless and the widow, the Lord sustains. But the way of the wicked, he thwarts. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, through all generations. Alleluia. Praise the Lord, my soul. A reading from the letter of St. James. My brothers and sisters, show no partiality as you adhere to the faith of our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. For if a man with gold rings and fine clothes comes into your assembly, and a poor person in shabby clothes also comes in, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say, sit here, please. While you say to the poor one, stand there or sit at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil designs? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, did God not cho choose those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom that he promised to those who love him? The word of the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Jesus proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom and cured every disease among the people. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the gospel according to Mark. Again, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee into the district of the Decapolis. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him off by himself, away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ear and, spitting, touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Epapha, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened. His speech impediment was removed, and he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, he has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So many visuals in these readings today, and it's such a great practice to have time to meditate and to visualize, you know, what's happening in these readings. It's a little bit of a Lexio Divina of taking a small piece of scripture and reflecting upon it, reading aloud over and over, and then putting yourself in that space, in that time. And the more that we know about what was really going on, whether it's from uh, 
the, the prophet Isaiah and the people he's speaking to, or it's from James, or it's from the gospel of Mark, we even get a better sense of what's happening in the readings when we understand more the history, the context, the people. So just with a little bit of that, let's go back to the book of Isaiah and there's such great visuals here. And doesn't everything tie in so well? Thus says the Lord. And as I reread and of going through Isaiah again, I keep thinking that we probably, at least I know I find myself taking for granted that the word says, thus says the Lord. This is this almost like a red carpet. Guess who's coming? The Lord is coming and he's telling you this. And whenever we see this, when we read this, when we hear this, thus says the Lord, pay attention, pay attention to what the Lord is saying. And I know for myself, I can catch myself just reading over that and not, not really listening. These are the Lord's words to the people. And we know it in Isaiah during this time, he's speaking to a downtrodden people. He's speaking to people who have been completely overrun. Um, they're in slavery. They're a defeated people. They're brokenhearted. They're very weary. They're weary of heart. They're weary of spirit. They're weary of mind. They're just in a bad space. And where are they finding hope? And so Isaiah's point is to bring through the word of, of the Lord hope. And so isn't this great? Be strong, fear not. You know, the Lord is saying, be strong, fear not, even though I know you are in such a weary time because the people's hearts were frightened. And he gives these promises. The eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the death cleared. The lame leap the lame will leap like a stag and then the tongue of the mute will sing that as, as we, as, as the Lord gives us these promises to have sight, to see the Lord, to be able to hear the word of God, to be able to leap and share the good news, and then to be able to praise the name of the Lord, to sing, you know, these are the great promises of the Lord. And then we see these, these great contrasts, you know, streams will burst forth from the desert, you know, burning sands become pools. Isn't this what God does? He just turns everything around. And so that everything is full of life. Everything is abundant. Everything is life-giving when it is of the Lord. And so there's this beautiful instilling of hope that that hope comes from the Lord, that even in a people who are weary, like the people that the prophet Isaiah is speaking to, and do you feel like today people are weary in the midst of hurricanes and wars and, back and, 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 and viruses and all of the like? We're a weary people today too. And yet the prophet Isaiah can be speaking to us today that here is your God and he will come. He comes to save you. This is what we have to remember in the most darkest times of our life. I think that's why I love that little quote from Mother Teresa. It, it's, I want to bring light to the darkness. And it's not Mother Teresa bringing the light. Certainly it's the love of God. And she brought Jesus 
to everyone she ministered to in her life. And, and she had this thought of, if I was to be a saint, I would be doing that still, bringing this light into the darkness. The beautiful Psalm chosen for today, Psalm 146, the same message of this healing of this hopefulness, you know, here are the great things. This is what God does. He secures justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry, sets captives free, gives sight to the blind, raises up those who are bowed down, protects the stranger, loves the just, and he sustains And I think that word right now, sustain, we need to hear that word in such the milieu of noise in our culture, on social media, all over in mass media, there is this milieu of of darkness, of messages that are not of hope, that are of oppression. But be be urged and be, be, be ready that the Lord sustains. And here's the promise. By the way of the wicked, he thwarts. There are wicked things around us, but the Lord will thwart them. The Lord shall reign forever. This is such the good news. And And we think about what about those who are deaf? What about those who can't see? What about those who can't walk? Or or what about those who are mute and have these disabilities? That's only a, a one part of who we are, that the Lord goes beyond all of that and brings light and healing and hope into each and every human person, no matter what those physical impediments might be that the Lord breaks through all of that, that he breaks through and and that in the gospel, which we'll hear, it's God in Jesus comes to the people and then lives out the promises that Isaiah gave, that we prayed about in the Psalms, that all of a sudden it's made new and whole through the life of Jesus Christ. Now, there's a little lesson that James, in fact, he's probably got a lot of big lessons, but there was an interesting quote that came in reflection of this book of James in his caution to the people. And certainly in the time that this was written and to the people that this was written to, and I think it's also reflected in some of what St. Paul writes about, is that there was this, and I don't know, has there ever been a time when there hasn't been a discrepancy between the rich and the poor, and there's a higher preference to those who are or wealthy, or that they get a higher place, uh, a better seat, whatever you might say. But Um, But this was a real problem, apparently, for the time that this letter was written. And so there was this example, you know, brothers and sisters, show no partiality. Don't set one apart from the other and say, you're better, this group's better than that group, or that group's less than this group. Show none of that. Um, As you adhere to the faith in our glorious Jesus Christ. So there's this real message that no matter what impediment, no matter what gift I have, I might have a certain gift that you don't have, but, but we're all equal in God's eye. And, and the, the Father Emmanuel uh, from Nigeria mentioned this, and he said, our liturgical assembly, so think about when we come to church, 
our liturgical assembly is a rehearsal for heaven. And what he said is that in church, we all sit in the same pews, an employer and an employee, you know, the mayor of the city and the, the, the hardest working labor person. Uh, there's no first class in the church. There's no better pews, so to speak, although uh, maybe one would think that sitting in the back is better than the front. I don't know, but there's no cabin seating in church that when we come in the assembly of God, just as in heaven, the kingdom of heaven, that all are equal in God's eyes, rich or poor, no matter what color of skin, no matter how you can speak or not speak that, that this is, a, a foretaste of heaven is how do we actually treat one another? Do we treat one better than the other? Do we look down on one other than the other because of a, an ability or a lack of an ability or where they work or where they live or what kind of car they drive or whatever their situation is? Do we have a partiality? Do we show partiality? And, and this letter to St. James really reminds us that that's not in God's command. That's not in God's kingdom. And that's not how we as Christians are to live. Oh my goodness, the gospel, the gospel of Mark. And again, there are so many healings. And again, like I said about um, when we hear the words, thus says the Lord, as I've, I've actually just been watching the TV series called The Chosen, and there are different depictions of some of these healing stories in the Gospels in this TV series that's been released and, and wonderfully done. And it just made me reflect how important these healing stories are. And sometimes we read one after the other after the other in the Gospels, and we just think, oh, yeah, Jesus healed a lot. But, but really, when we start to look and listen and hear What's happening in each of these and each of these opportunities amidst a group of people that Jesus can encounter? He can encounter one-on-one, -on -one, the person that is healing. And this is an interesting case. Okay. So he goes to the district of the Decapolis. I believe that's 10 cities. And these were pagan areas. So people didn't believe in God. They didn't have these practices that the Jews had, of course. And then the people, the people bring this man who is deaf and has a speech impediment to Jesus. So he doesn't come on his own to ask for healing. People bring him similar to what we see with the, uh, the, the people who bring the man on the mat, the paralytic on the mat and drop him down, you know, it, through the roof because they can't get through the crowd. But these people, because of what they heard about this man, Jesus, because they heard about his ability to heal, that they're going to bring their friend. We assume they're a friend to Jesus. And they beg him, you know, there are times that we need to bring, now maybe it's not physically bringing, but through our intentions, through our prayer intentions, we bring the healing needs of our loved ones, of our enemies, of the church, of the world, and we beg God to heal Heal this land. This a great song. Heal this land. They begged him to lay his hand on them. And so Jesus takes this man away. And 
away from the crowd, away from all the noise, away from all of the other things going on. And he has an intimate moment with this man. And then what does he do? He touches the man. Now, certainly God could heal in any way. I mean, just in the thought, just in a breath, just in the being in the presence, as we had an example of the woman who touches, you know, the cloak of Jesus that she's miraculously healed, right? So God can heal in any way, but Jesus wants to take this moment to be with the man, touching him, touching his ears and with spittle, touching his tongue, looking up to heaven. Can you just see Jesus engaging with this man, having this intimate time to say, I'm going to form you anew. Uh, there's this sense, and Father Paul at All Saints mentioned this, you know, with the spittle and with the ears and with the touch. It's almost like if you go back to Genesis and look at how God created new life and created man, you know, with the breath of God, he breathes new life into Adam. And so it's almost like with this epitha, you know, be opened that, that there's, I'm going to create you anew because this man is a pagan, doesn't know about God, doesn't believe in God. And yet he's going to create this new creation. And what will be the result? He will lose his deafness. He will have his speech restored so that he can hear the word of God. He can listen to the word of God and obey. And when we obey the word of God, we speak the word of God. We share the word of God. We share the word of God. Now, there's also a bit of discernment that might be needed because Jesus orders the people, right, not to tell anyone. And yet he heard, he could hear, he could speak, and he immediately goes out and spreads the good news. And so in our day, in our situation, um, are we listening to the word of God? Do I hear the word of God? You know, when I go to mass, Am I listening to the word? Am I being distracted? Which is so easy to be distracted by so many things. But how do we listen to the word of God? How do we then speak that word of God in our lives, in our actions, in what we do? You know, be doers of the word, which is what James told us last week, but also discerning when is the right time to speak? When is the right time to be silent? that we're always listening and discerning when we speak, when we share those good news words to others. I was thinking about when we come to mass, you know, we have two senses that are key, the sense of hearing, because the first part of our celebration of mass is in the proclamation of the word. And so we hear the word of God being proclaimed. That's why I have taken time to read the word of God, because this is so important in our liturgy to read the word of God. So, so the word is spoken. We listen to the word. And then when we reflect on those words, we go into praise and worship of our God in the celebration of the Holy Eucharist. And then God's word 
becomes flesh in that bread and wine. It becomes his true body and blood. And we taste, we, we, on our tongues, through our lips, we taste God. And then we take that message that we've heard, that we've tasted, and now we spread it to others. You know, so our tongue, our ears are so part of being a witness, so part of being a disciple of God. In fact, if you've been to a baptism recently or remember a baptism, you know, the priest will touch the child's ears and also the child's tongue. And of course, those holy oils are are placed upon that child because they are brought into new life as a new member of the Christian faith. And so the ears, that their ears will be open, that their tongues would proclaim the praises of the Lord, that this is what we pray for in the Holy Mass, but in every day, Lord, open my ears that I may hear your word. And that when there are impediments to what I hear, because how many noisy distractions are in the world from the news to the headlines, to social media, to all of the texts and Instagrams that you receive, those are not words of God. Lord, help me hear your word and help me speak your praises. Do you have an impediment in how you speak? I'm not talking about a lisp or an inability to speak. I'm talking about, are your words, words of praise, or are your words condescending? Are they words of dark or words of light? Do a checkup from the neck up. What is coming out of your mouth? Are those always compliments or are they contradictions? Are they complaining? Are they criticizing? And if they are, will you change? Will you allow God's word to touch you in such a way that you will change your vocabulary? You will take words out of your mouth that you've been saying that are condescending, that are partial, partiality, show no partiality. Are there ways in which you put down another group of people? a certain behavior and really the Lord is our healer and he can help you. In fact, he's the only one who will help you to make those changes so that you are a person of hope. You're a person of light and you're a person of light. The communion antiphon, and I'm going to close with this. It's so beautiful. And it's just this. I am the light of the world, says the Lord. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If you have ever felt like you are in darkness, if you look out at the world and wonder, oh, it just seems so dark. No, I am the light of the world, says the Lord. Whoever follows me, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Hold on to the truth of what Jesus says, of Jesus's promises. Does that mean tomorrow all the wars will end, the pandemic will be over, and everybody will agree on everything? Absolutely not. 
but you get to decide if you will walk in the valley of light, if you will walk with the Lord in light. Will you be with the deer that yearns for running streams? Will you leap like a stag? Will you sing the praises of the Lord? I am the light of the world. Alleluia, alleluia. That is the truth. Let us live that truth and proclaim that truth in our daily lives. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Have a beautiful Labor Day. Have a beautiful first full week of September. Back to school. Those of you who are going back to school, our homeschool families, uh, wherever you are, continue to learn, continue to grow. And I'll look forward to talking with you again next week. May God's peace be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week.